Welcome to the study of God's Word recorded live at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media or to tune into our live stream services, visit us online at calvaryco.church or download our free Calvary Church app. Now let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Amen. Amen. So Revelation chapter 21, um, just a, a really neat section of scripture that I want to walk through with you guys, um, but really focusing on chap- chapter 21, verse 7, where, where God says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his son, and he shall and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And so just this, this idea of this encouragement that God gives us at the end of the Bible, at the end of the age, just reminding us as we are in Christ, we are adopted sons and daughters, and that we are overcomers by faith. Um, and so this, I've been meditating and, and just really like been encouraged with this section of Scripture recently. Um, my wife and I, Emily, we've been uh, spending some time writing together and just trying to be a little more disciplined and writing down the things that the Lord's doing in our own lives um, currently and also in the past of just remembering some of the Lord's faithfulness. And I've been blown away with um, just some of the memories of God's faithfulness in our lives and, and just came to this, this season considering um, and meditating on the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Um, and just, just, just kind of in this place of like, wow, like, ah, like, like, wow, this is amazing, like of God's faithfulness and his goodness to us. And so writing about some of his faithfulness in our various experiences and meditating on those things and um, considering this verse here, verse seven, um, and just, just I see his faithfulness in this, declaring that in Christ we are, we are, we are overcomers and that we are um, his, his children as we, as we believe in him. And so, um, you know, I, I know we don't live in the past and we, we always want to be pressing forward into the things of the Lord, but sometimes it's good to, to pause and, and to remember the, the past faithfulnesses of, faithfulness of the Lord and how he, how he has set out to um, make us overcomers through him and by him. And so um, I've, just, I've just been considering that. And, and, and sometimes when we're in the thick of it, and maybe you guys can relate to this, when we're in the thick of, of, of life and the difficulties and the struggles, we're, we're kind of there, and um, we, don't, we don't really see what God's doing. We don't really understand the, the big picture, and we're really just trying to make it day by day. Uh, and it's sometimes when months or years go by and we look back and we're like, ah, oh, the, the Lord is good. He helped me overcome in that place, or he helped me walk through this season. And um, it's just been, um, just been one of those seasons for me, just considering the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And, and, and really what sparked that was last week, if you guys were here last week, we had a water baptism here, and it was, it was glorious and it was awesome. I really love the time of water baptism, and it brought me back to um, when I was fresh out of high school, was when Emily and I walked into this church, and um, you know that was that was the moment the Lord was starting to really grip my heart and bring me into a place of surrender and humility unto the Lord. Um, just this this kid straight out of high school, like not knowing really, you know what what 
what a relationship with the Lord was all about, but I knew that the Lord was stirring something in my heart. Um, and, and then we you know, started to get plugged into the church here, and there's an announcement for a water baptism out at the Aurora Reservoir. And I remember um, you know, just as an 18-year-old just running out into the Aurora Reservoir and getting baptized and how um, cool that was just to remember the faithfulness of God in my life in that season. Um, and, and, and I was just remembering that the other night when we were watching people step into the, the, the tubs here for baptism. I'm like, man, the Lord, is, the Lord is good. The Lord is faithful. Like, look at all these things he's done in our lives. And, um, you know, and through that, I've been, been a lot, recently just really considering and, and, and remembering and thanking the Lord for, for that faithfulness, even through the seasons that we were uh, serving in Ukraine and um, just the, the various trials that he has brought us through in, in those seasons in Ukraine and in Uganda. And, and now here serving with high school ministry and the various things that we're walking through with, with high school ministry and the, and, the, and the ups and the downs that that brings. And it's like, man, the Lord's faithful hand throughout the years is so good. And, and, and I'm reminded of that as we come to Revelation where he just says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. And I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Um, and so I don't know about you guys, but have you, have you guys ever been in that place of just like remembering the faithfulness of God and the thankfulness of God and just reflecting? Yes, like it's like, man, we need that because we, we like that is, those are like the, the, the moments that we need to, to press forward in, in keeping our eyes firmly fixed on the Lord. Um, but in that, right, as we look back on life, there's also the seasons of heartbreak and there's the seasons of, uh, extreme difficulties and there's the you know great loss and and shattered dreams that we've also walked through and so both sides of life the highs and the lows as we walk through it and yet the Lord continues to teach me and he continues to teach Emily and I just these simple lessons of, of clinging to the Lord and to his faithful promises and 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 just you know holding on to those promises that he has given given to us. And, and that really brings me to Revelation 21, because there's some glorious promises here in this chapter um, that have established my faith and helped my faith, especially in difficult seasons. It has reminded me that in Christ I am an overcomer. Um, it has reminded me in Christ my future and my hope. And, and I want to walk through some of these promises with you guys tonight and, and just consider the faithfulness of God in your life and some of these promises that he has um, given you. And, I, and I, my prayer, my hope for tonight is that you would instill these promises inside of your heart and, and continue to meditate on them so that you too can really just walk in the, the thankfulness of God's faithfulness, that, that you are an overcomer, that you are a son and daughter of of the creator of the universe. And so um, this, this chapter has been just a chapter of assurance and confidence for many, um, many, many years in my life. And so let's, let's jump in together. I kind of want to walk through the earlier verses and we'll kind of walk through some of these, these verses and just like really focus on what the Lord um, wants to, to minister to you and instill these promises in your heart. And so um, Revelation 21 if, you, if you're familiar, if you're a Bible student and you've studied Revelation, um, you'll know that Revelation 21 is really, it's the end. Like, it's the, it's the last couple pages of your Bible, and it's, it's the, what we would consider eternity, what we would consider, um, you know, really heaven, right? And it's this, this, um, this picture of, of what John is seeing there on the island of Patmos. He's, he's 
receiving the revelation of Jesus and this vision of the things yet to come and all the way through revelation really is kind of like a grind to get you know just imagining John getting those visions of like really a lot of difficult things and even in in chapter 20 when there's the the judgment and the lake of fire and then yet we finally get to revelation 21 where it's just glorious promises for those who are in Jesus Christ. And so um, we don't get a lot of description of, of like literal description of heaven in the Bible, um, but this is one of the best chapters to kind of get a, a concept of what, what our future looks like in Jesus. And it, it is so encouraging um, as, we, as we walk through this. So jump in verse one with me, and we're gonna kind of walk through these verses, and I wanna tie it all back in and bring it into verse seven with you guys to, um, to encourage you. But, Verse 1, John says, as he's receiving this vision, he says, Now I saw a new heaven. Can you guys say new? New. Yeah, like, I'm trying to do that with our high school students, and like, sometimes they're not into it, sometimes they are. Can I hear you guys, like, high schoolers? Like, there you guys. Um, but like, John sees this new heaven. Say it again with me. New. And a new earth. Say new with me. And the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, in verse 2, saw the holy city, new, yeah, new Jerusalem. You guys, you guys are getting it. You guys are, you guys are there with me a little bit. But the new Jerusalem, verse 2, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a as a bride adorned for her husband. And so this word new is emphasized three times here in the first two, two verses. And, and John is, and God is wanting us to really grasp this idea of newness. This, this word new is important for us to understand um, because it's not, it's not just, a, God's not just talking about a, an improved or restored or a remodeled um, heaven and earth, but he's talking about like the brand new heaven and earth, um, brand new, completely made new. The, the earth and the universe and, and your body, like all of this is God's instilling these promises in our hearts that, hey, th or, or these reminders that like, hey, these things are temporary. These things are passing away, but there's new things coming in Christ Jesus. Um, and so the Lord loves the Lord loves new things. That's why he reminds us over and over again, like don't, don't lay up our treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy, but lay them up in heaven um, where, where there will be eternal value there. And as, as believers, we wait for this day of newness, um, of a new body, of a new heaven, of a new earth, because we see as we look around and even as we um, just live life, we see that creation is groaning, as, as Romans would say. Creation is groaning. Creation is falling apart. Creation is stained by sin. And there's a deep need and a deep desire for newness. And so the Lord loves new. Um, I'm, I'm reminded as, 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 we, as we look at these um, promises here in Psalm 102, just a reminder that God says, long ago you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing, and you will change them like a garment and discard them, but you are always the same. You will live forever. You know, I love this picture of like a, a garment or an old piece of clothing wearing out because anyone, anyone here just like love your old t-shirts or anything like that? Yeah, like, I do too. My wife does not love my old t-shirts, and 
we've gone in this phase of like millennial, or, or not millennials, uh, minimalism, minimalism, and she's like, we're purging everything, and now I have like three shirts, and this is one of them, and there's no holes here, and, but I love, you know, we love those old shirts, but there comes a time where you got to throw it out and bring in the new, because it's just disgusting, right, and so the Lord's saying, like, here, here we are, that the old will wear out, but you, God, remain forever, you are always the same. In Isaiah 65, verse 17, it says, Look, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. No one will think about the old ones anymore. Be glad and rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness, and her people will be a source of joy. And so we, we see these promises throughout Scripture that there is something new coming, something better coming, something that we can't even comprehend the goodness and the newness that God is bringing in um, as we are in Christ. And so um, as we read through this, we, we see God loves to make things new. He's going to make everything new. But for you guys as believers and born-again believers, we already know that. We know that the Lord loves newness, right? Remember 2 Corinthians 5.17 where it says, You are a new creation in Christ. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Like, that's the work that God does. That's why we are born again. There's a new nature about us as we are born again in Christ. And that's what God's in the business of, of, of making, making us new, not just making us improved. Like, that's not, that's not the work of the gospel in our lives. The work of the gospel in our lives is, is newness, a new creation in Christ. And so um, he, he's going to bring us into this, this perfect newness. And so I'm excited about it. Um, this is our future, this is our hope, this is our assurance, even as we walk in life here with a new heart, with a new nature, with a new life, we still look forward to the day when sin isn't going to touch us anymore, when we're going to live in the way God intended us to live. So it's going to be good. In verse 2 again, it says that John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Uh, and really, like, we see that God just is, is, is bringing in this, this new city. Like, we don't even really know. You'll, we can read a little bit of the description of a new Jerusalem, but I don't think we can comprehend what this new city of God is going to look like. And, and really, like, with the presence, we're going to see at the end of Revelation 21 that the presence of the Lamb of God is the light of this city. And it's going to be glorious, and it's going to be amazing. And, and we see that Jesus is coming, He's coming again, he's going to reign, and he's just replacing everything. The old is gone, the new is here, Christ is reigning. It's going to be, um, it's going to be amazing. So I'm excited for that. So that's a promise for you guys to hold on to. Like, this is, this is our future, this is our hope in Jesus. Um, when things get difficult and discouraged, we get our eyes on heaven, right? Paul would call us in, in Colossians to not be so concerned with the things here on earth, but to get our eyes heavenward. But it gets better. I think it gets better here in Revelation 21. So verse 3, it says, John says, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And so really what I see here is this declaration of God. Um, and, and, and really this is what the whole gospel message is about. This is what the whole Bible is about, is bringing us to this point of this declaration that God has for us, where he says, behold, the, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. 
This, this word tabernacle is also really important. If you guys read in your Bibles, I would, I would circle it and, and highlight that and start to do some cross-references with that of, of looking up where else God uses this word tabernacle because it's super important, and, and it literally means uh, dwelling. It means dwelling. It means that this is the dwelling place of God, that God is dwelling with people and that he himself will be their God and, and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to think about that that's, that's really the, the whole purpose of what God is doing here. That's the purpose of why he sent Jesus to die on the cross so that he could restore us into relationships, so that he could bring us to this place, so that he could be with us, that he could tabernacle with us, that there would be no division between a holy and justice God, just, just and righteous God and us. And so he comes to tabernacle with us and it's an important word because we, we, we have to understand the heart of God. This is the heart and the desire of God, to tabernacle with people, to dwell with people, to abide with people. This is, this is our purpose. This is why we were created. You know, and, and when, we do, when we're doing high school ministry, we, get, we do question and answer nights sometimes, and we, we just, like, receive questions, and we, we don't know what we're going to get, and we're like, oh, I hope we're ready. And, you know, usually, typically, we get questions um, that are similar every time we do these uh, along the lines of like, what's my purpose? And why was I created? And this is what I always want to go back to is your purpose and you were created to, to have a relationship with God. That, that, that's our first and foremost purpose of, of to be united with our creator. That's what God wants. That's his greatest desire. And that's our greatest purpose is to, to, to dwell with him, to have relationship with him, to tabernacle with him. Um, and it goes, you know, it actually goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Even before the fall, we see that that was the, the character of God. He was walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He's spending time with them in the garden. And then when they fell and rebelled against the Lord, that was when um, there started to be a division there, right? And that was, that was really the, the catalyst of the history of the rest of the world, that um, we were we were searching for what our true purpose was and, our, and, and, and what that meant to come back into relationship with God. Um, and so that's why we see in the Old Testament times, we see you know, Moses was commanded to build the tabernacle and they would erect the tabernacle among them in the camp as they, as they wandered in the wilderness. And then later in history, they would build the temple where, the, where, they, where they would have the Holy of Holies and the priests would go in there once a year um, to to really represent some of that time of relationship with God, but it, yet, it wasn't quite there until Jesus Christ came and, and dwelled among the earth, among us. In, in 1 John chapter 1, it says that the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. This word dwelt is the same word, tabernacle. So Jesus came and tabernacled among us and we beheld his glory and the glory of the ones begotten of the Father, full of grace full of truth and with Jesus dwelling, coming to dwell and tabernacle among humanity was the whole purpose to get us really back to Revelation 21. Like, hey, your purpose is, and your future is there. Your future is gonna be in Jesus Christ, dwelling with Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came, that's why he, he died, so that he could bring us to Revelation chapter 21, verse three and say, God is with us, God is dwelling with us, we are his people, we have all eternity with God. 
And it's good. It's so good. Like the Lord's been in, recently in my life, the Lord's been instilling more and more um, just reminders of, of being eternal, eternally minded. We can get so caught up with the temporal and the things happening on this earth. And in my life, I've learned that things pass away quickly. And, and, we, and we can try to hold on to things and seasons of life or friends or family, and, and things pass away so quickly. And yet the Lord wants to get our eyes onto the eternal, onto this, this fact that Jesus came to die so that we could be saved, so that we could spend eternity with God. And so I love verse 3 um, because we just see this, this new covenant declared and lived out for our future. Getting back to our purpose with the desire that God has for us, that he wants to be with us, that he wants to be with me. And so this new Jerusalem, whatever, whatever that looks like and whatever you know, we, can, we can kind of speculate about, it really, like, in fact, if we just strip it all away, we understand that it's all about God. It's all about God being with his people. It's all about us spending time with God. Revelation chapter 3. If you guys want to turn back to Revelation chapter 3, if you're interested in um, just kind of following along here, Revelation 3 verse 20, um, you know, these, these letters to the church, the seven letters to the seven churches at the beginning of Revelation that Jesus is speaking to various churches and, and here, at the end of Revelation 3, he's speaking to the lukewarm church, the church of Laodicea. And in verse 20, he says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. Can you guys say dine? Dine, like that's a key word right there. And then he, will, and then he says, and he with me. This idea of dining with the church, like especially in that culture in that time, to share a meal speaks of great intimacy, great fellowship. Um, it even like it represents like a oneness because in that culture they would they would really emphasize, hey, you're eating the same you know the same loaf of bread as me, and we're 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 really becoming one and united as we as we share this meal together. And that was Jesus's desire for the lukewarm church. He's like, I want an intimate fellowship with you. I want an intimate relationship with you. I want to dine with you. It's, it's um, you know, in Ukraine, when we were in Ukraine, um, culture was a little different, right? American culture was a little different than Ukrainian culture. And, but one of, the, you know, one of the things we had to learn is like, okay, how do, we, how do we learn the culture when we're here so that we can really minister to people and um, live like they live so that we can relate to them as best we can? And what I learned quickly was like, when church was over, that means that church was just beginning. Like, we, I would end the message, and then I'm like, okay, we got like five hours of fellowship before anyone thinks about going home. And we'd sit around, we would drink tea, we would, you know, we would eat cookies, and like, you know, it was just a great time. Like, at first I was like, what's happening? When, when do I get to go home? Like, why aren't people leaving? But like, we really, I really experienced like this culture of, hey, we just want to share a meal with you. We just want to sit with you. We want to just talk with you. And, um, you know, I think that represented the heart of the Lord very well. Um, and that's something I love about this church as well. You know, we go down into the cafe, and that goes on for hours, usually after service as well. And so just, like, representing the Lord well in those, those times of, of deep, intimate fellowship. And, and that's, that's Jesus' desire with us. And it makes me just, like, stop and consider... Um, you know, really my own life of 
Am I, am I so caught up with the things going on in my life that I haven't stopped to just dine with Jesus? And sometimes there's those moments where it's like, man, I've been too busy to just like slow down and spend that time with the Lord. The Lord wants that time with me. The Lord's knocking on the door like, hey, I'm ready. Like, invite me over. And, and, and we just need to slow down and spend that time with the Lord. Um, and yet, back in Revelation 21, like, that's what he's doing. He's with his people. He's tabernacling among the people. He's dwelling with the people. I imagine he's dining with the people. And that's our future. And it's going to be glorious. It's going to be um, amazing. But even with that in our future, the good news is that we get to experience that even today as believers. We have the Holy Spirit and Jesus dwelling in us who... He desires to abide in us, right? And he wants to remain in us. And he wants to even tabernacle with us today. And, and the Bible tells us that we can experience that even before the new Jerusalem. And so um, that's been a, a great encouragement to me, a great reminder of like, that's where I draw a source of, of life and encouragement. It's like just spending that time with the Lord. Um, and so I encourage you guys, just spend that time with him. Um, that's your purpose. That's his desire. And sometimes we're like, oh, how much time should I spend with the Lord? And the Lord's like, no, I, I, I have as much time as you want. Like, let's just, you know, let's just, let's just spend time together. I, the Lord's kind of given me this new phrase recently of, of, of praying as I'm praying with God. It's also like dreaming with God, just like dreaming, like talking about like, okay, what, what, what is what does today look like and what do you have for me and what's the future? And just kind of these, these thoughts and these, these dreams in a way of like, just enjoying the Lord and, and his good purposes and his plans for us. And, and really, I think that that's the heart of God, and I love it because, um, because things can get so discouraging here on this earth. Continuing on in verse 4, we're going to make it, guys. There's, there's a lot of good stuff here. But verse 4, it says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, there will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Right? That common, that common reminder that the old is gone, the new has come in. And um, in verse 4, we see this, new, uh, this newness of, I think, intimacy with the Lord. I'm really struck by the phrase where every tear from their eyes um, will be wiped away by God. You know, I don't know about you guys. I don't like people touching my face, so don't, don't come up and touch my face. Like, there are only a few very certain people, I would say one person in my life can touch my face, and it's my wife. And, like, I don't, like, that's an intimate thing that, like, like I have a spatial bubble. Please don't touch my face. And, and, but when I read this, I'm like, I'm thinking about, like, as, as a tear comes down to your face and, and, and God comes in to wipe it away, I think that just speaks of a closeness that he has with you, an empathetic heart that he has with some of the pains that you're going through, um, an intimate connection there, and just like that, that closeness of relationship. And he's, he's comforting us, and, and really his character is of a God of all mercies and comfort, and he spends that time with us. Um, just walking us through those things. And yet in the new, in the new heavens, in the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, it says that there's going to be no more tears. There's going to be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. Like that's, that's glorious news that we can hold on to. And then in verse 5, just kind of this final declaration that he makes, it says, He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. There it is one more time. Good job. You guys, you guys are doing great. Kind of sounds like moo from here, but like you guys are, you guys are killing it. So, <laughs> um, but, 
Behold, I make all things new, he said to me. Yeah, keep it going, yes. And then, he's, and then the angel said to John, write these words, they are true and faithful. I'm so glad, like John, I could just imagine John here, he's caught up in this vision and this revelation for all these chapters, and this is the 12th time in Revelation that the angel reminds him to stop and write things down, because I think he's just like, what is happening, and like so excited, and all these emotions, and yet God's purpose for him was to write these things down so that we here on a Wednesday night in Aurora could remind ourselves of some of the promises of the future that God has for us. And so I'm so thankful that John wrote these things down for us, that the Holy Spirit inspired him and revealed these things to him, that, that, that there is a newness coming and that these, we, can, we can bank our lives on this because these words are true and these words are faithful. It's so good. And then, this is, where, this is really where, what the Lord was stirring in me. Verse 6 and 7, he said to me, It is done. The alpha, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And verse 7, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. God says it is done. Right? God's eternal purpose in Jesus is now accomplished as he has brought his people into eternity with him. God is dwelling with his people for eternity, and like that's what he's saying. He's like, it is done. Like Here it is. This is, this is the pinnacle of our creation for eternity. And, and yet we also, like when I read this, there's also a warning here. Because he, he mentions here, I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And I think that this is a warning for us. We can, we can get caught up with all of these encouraging promises and bank our lives on them and build our foundation, um, but we can miss this point of where Jesus is offering us the waters of eternal life. And when, when I think about that, I think of a choice that we have to make, that we have to go to Jesus and drink freely and drink deeply of the, the, riving, the living waters that he offers us. Um, it's free. He says it's free. Drink freely, but we still have to receive it. We still must take it into our heart. That Those questions like, do I, day by day, do I really want to abide in Jesus? Am I really opening my heart up to him? Am I really, you know, thirsting and drinking from Jesus and his word every day? And, and make that a personal question for you guys in your life. Like, when was the last time you really thirst after Jesus and, and desperately, like, just drink deeply from the waters that he offers you? Are you continuing in that, you know? I think that, you know, we all get thirsty, spe spiritually speaking, right? We get thirsty, we get, um, we get um, just weary, we get worn out, we get discouraged. And, and we, need, we need to just refresh ourselves with that eternal, living, satisfying water that Jesus Christ offers us. And if I'm thirsty, and I choose to go to the Lord, and I choose to drink from him and receive his words, like, wow, that's, that's the place where I start to overcome by faith. Verse 7, that's, that's, that's how I overcome. It's not anything that I do, but it's me just opening myself up to the living water to fill my life to establish my faith, to build my faith, to help me overcome the great difficulties that have happened in my life. And, 
and, we, and, and, and I'm just reminded of that, and maybe even just as an exhortation for us as we, as we consider that. Jesus, Jesus says, even in John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out and he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So come to the Lord tonight with that prayer, like, I'm thirsty, Lord. Maybe it's, maybe it's that prayer, like, you don't even know, you don't even have a relationship with the Lord. You don't, you don't have that intimacy with him. You don't, you don't understand what it's like to dwell with him. Maybe it's just, you're just in that place of, I'm dying in my own sins, Lord, and I need to drink deeply from you. Or maybe it's, I'm being, I'm being crushed and overwhelmed by the, the circumstances in my life, and I need you, Lord. I need, I need to drink deeply from you. I need to be restored and refreshed. And just because I'm thirsty or beat up or dying in my own sins, it, just because those things are happening doesn't mean, doesn't mean really anything until I open myself up to receive from Jesus Christ. And so that's, this, is, this is what the Lord's been ministering to me, even in verse 7, because it really comes to this idea of overcoming, and I think overcoming by faith. This word overcomer, you know, I, I just really praying through this and considering this and like, Lord, is this, is this my life? Can I, can I stand there and declare that I'm an overcomer by faith in Jesus Christ? The word overcomer means conqueror or victor. The, the root of the Greek word is really like where we get the word Nike. Do we have any runners in the house, do you guys? Like any runners? Yes, good. Like the Nike just dropped this new running shoe that's available tomorrow. Um, I forgot what it's called, but I was looking at it online today. It looks so cool, but it's really expensive. And I'm like, ah, Emily's probably not going to let me buy it. But um, it's not going to make me run faster anyways. Like, but anyways, like the, this, this word here, overcomer, it means to be a conqueror. It means to be victorious in Christ. And if you drink from the Lord, and you drink these free water, this, this everlasting water that Jesus freely gives to you, the promise is that you are a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Jesus used the same word overcomer to all seven churches at the beginning of Revelation. He said, he who hears, let him overcome. I don't know about you guys, but in my life, I've been, there's been moments in my life where I've been absolutely defeated, and I did not feel like an overcomer at all. I felt like I had no victory. I, I've run, I really like running. I like running half marathons. I've done a few marathons, and the one marathon, like the last marathon I did, like I just like, tanked and like barely, barely made it. And I was like, man, that I did not, I crossed the finish line somehow, but I didn't feel like a conqueror. Um, but the Lord, the Lord is reminding us, whatever's going on in our lives, like he wants to remind us that we're conquerors in Christ Jesus. We are overcomers, not by anything that we do, not by our own strength and perseverance, but by our abiding trust and dwelling with God. In my flesh, like, in my flesh, like, being really real with you guys, discouragement is my default. That's where I, I, like, I have to be very careful and put on the helmet of salvation every day to guard my heart and my mind because my, I, I can get super discouraged super easily, super quick. And yet the Lord, the Lord brings me back to these promises and tells me, hey, just come back to the, the, the everlasting waters of Jesus Christ. Drink freely from him. And, and these promises are, are mine, that I am an overcomer, I shall inherit all things, I will be with him, and I will be his son. 
And so as I opened up tonight, I was just reminding us of, you know, remembering the faithfulness of God um, and, and really just the faithfulness of, of God throughout my life from um, when the Lord gripped my heart at 18 to um, various occasions throughout Ukraine and serving here at the church. And um, the Lord has been faithful. And I look back and I see him helping me overcome many things in my life. And I know that's true for you guys as well. But really, I think where, where we are, where we learn what it means to be an overcomer by faith is when the discouragement and the difficulty is really hidden. There's, a bit, there's been a lot of pain in my life over the last number of years. Uh, when we first started church planting in Ukraine, we were on, in Donetsk, which was like right on the, right on the Russian border of uh, Ukraine and Russia. Um, and back in 2014, that was when Russia initially invaded. And our city was like the first city they invaded, and we um, had to flee. And we, we remember just like get, trying to get out. We had to get through the airport. They saw a couple flights out. We remember when the Russian flags were hanging there, and there was mercenaries uh, taking over the airport. And we, we were like, what is happening? Like, what, what in the world? And, and, and the Lord got us out of there. Um, but then all of a sudden, there we were with like a suitcase we had just lost our apartment. We had just lost our church. Had just been scattered. Um, we had no idea if we were ever getting back there. Like our whole, our whole, what we thought was our whole purpose of, you know, our, our whole calling to go church plants in eastern Ukraine was like gone overnight. And and I just remember being in a place of huge defeat and discouragement. Um, throughout the seasons, we, we we ended up in Uganda for a little while and. Um, the Lord started to really put on our heart this, this, um, this a heart of adoption. And there was a specific situation with a specific pregnancy that we're like, man, Lord, that, I think that that's, that's our calling and we're going after it. And, and the Lord confirmed it. And we said, okay, we're going to adopt this baby when she's born, only to get news a few weeks later that the baby had miscarried. And we're like, what, Lord? Like, what is happening? The discouragement. Or then a few years ago when I got the, the horrible phone call that my dad had taken his own life by suicide that rocked our world, that still has rocked our world. Or, or I think of a moment when, um, we were, when I was pastoring a church in, in Zaporozhye, Ukraine, and, and I had a trusted um, servant. Uh, he was like the, uh, an elder of the church and like what I considered my best friend only to betray me and just turn his life away from the Lord completely. And some of these moments in my life are just like, they shake my life and I'm like, Lord, I don't feel like an overcomer. I don't, I don't feel that Nike victory at all. But the Lord brings me back to these things where he's like, no, in Christ, that's where the victory comes. It doesn't come from these circumstances comes from the fountain of the water of life that Jesus offers, which is so good. And if by faith I keep drinking of his water, resting in him and abiding in him, reminding myself that he is with me, even through the valleys of shadow of death, that he's dwelling with me, that he's tabernacling with me, that this is my future, this is my hope, that there's a newness coming. It's like I can stand here today and just say by faith, I want to keep going serving Jesus. I want, to, I want to keep, I'm all in for Jesus still. Like, he's not failed me yet. And I've, and I've learned that by faith, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an overcomer in Jesus. And so for you guys today, how do we overcome? Just come to the Lord in those things. 
cast your cares upon him, build your faith with some of these glorious promises that we can pull out of scripture. And the last scripture I want to share with you guys, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. God says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Did you guys catch that? This is the victory that has overcome the world. It's our faith. And so I encourage you guys to keep pressing into the Lord, keep trusting in him, keep asking him to give you those measures of faith, clinging to him. And the promise here is, who is he who overcomes the world? But it is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so um, I'm going to call Josiah back up here, but I um, just want to let you guys consider that, especially those, those, that last verse from John, 1 John 5. He who overcomes the world is he who believes in the Son of Jesus Christ. And so the question really as we wrap up tonight for you guys, do you believe in Jesus? That's good. Amen. These promises are true. If you believe in Jesus and you've surrendered your life to Jesus, these promises are true and real in your life today. And that you are an overcomer by faith in Jesus Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. All things are new. And it's new. Yes, you guys are, you guys are killing it. I love it. <laughs> so, we're just, that's so good. I love it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do now, guys. So... But, but I just want to give you guys, I want to extend an invitation to you guys tonight as we wrap up. If you don't know this relationship if you, with Jesus, if you don't understand what it means to be an overcomer, if you don't have that relationship, if we read these verses in Revelation, you're like, I don't know if that is my future. Maybe you need to, maybe, maybe you need to be saved here tonight and accept Jesus in to forgive your sins. And salvation and relationship with God is very simple. It's basically believing in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross and rose again for your sins, and that you repent, which is a word of turning away. It's a 180-degree turn. Repentance is you're going one direction. You want to turn the other way, turning on your sinful way, repenting and coming back to your loving Father, the Father that wants to dwell with you, the Father that wants to tabernacle with you, the Father that wants to be your overcomer as you abide in him. And so let's pray here tonight. Lord, I just thank you for your word. And I pray here tonight for the people here, hearing my word, or hearing your word, hearing my voice, Lord, that like even just the, the things that were not communicated well or misunderstood, Lord, that you would, that your word would go out and accomplish what it purposes. That you would draw people into yourselves. That you would bring us into just a closer abiding relationship with you. Um, but guys, I, I do want to give that opportunity to, to repent and, and call upon the name of Jesus to open that door that I was talking about, that he's knocking on that door and wants to come in. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and have fallen short of God's glory. And, that, and that's really why there's pain and heartbreak in the world. That's why, that's why there's these tragedies that we have to walk through. The, there's the, the stain of sin. And the Bible tells us that we're born into sin and the payment or the penalty or the wages of sin is death. It's spiritual death and eventually physical death. 
But the good news is that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus and that whoever calls upon the name of Jesus will be saved. And so I just want to extend that invitation, whether you're on the radio, you're online, or you're here in the room, that you would respond and call, into the name, call upon the name of Jesus for salvation. If there's anyone here tonight, I don't want to miss that opportunity. Maybe you can just raise your hand, you can stand, you can just acknowledge that, hey, I need to call upon the name of Jesus. I need salvation. I want to experience that newness in Christ. So whether you're in the room or on the radio or online, you can pray with me. Something simple, but just give your heart to the Lord. You can say, God, I know that I've sinned against you. I know that the truth is that I've sinned by my own choice, and I'm responsible. I've earned punishment, the wages of sin. But Jesus, I believe in you, that you died in my place on the cross, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me new. Come into my life and transform me. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Church. For prayer, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. To listen to this message in its entirety or to join us for our live stream services, visit us online at calvaryco.church or download our free Calvary Church app. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.